So one of the biggest side effects that has really plagued me uh, and plagued my decision to become a creative, like a full-time creative a photographer or director, um, has been insomnia. Insomnia has been plaguing me for years. Honestly, it's been plaguing me since I first made the decision to do this stuff. Since I first started to have that anxiety of where is my rent money going to come from? Am I making the right decisions? Like, is this movie going to be any good? Is this idea any good? I'm supposed to be doing more with my days. Every night, I go to bed and I stare at the ceiling and these questions plagued me for years, for years. And in the beginning, I thought it was just a part of the gig, right? You're very excited. A lot of this stuff is just pure excitement. Like, I'm going to make this really great and this is the decision that I'm, I'm living with and this is what I'm really happy with. Um, but... Never a moment of the day would go by where I didn't have a quiet moment where I was just reflecting on what it's like to be a filmmaker and what it's like to be a director, almost to the point of insanity. And uh, as I got older, and I've been doing this stuff for about 20 years, so 20 years in, and more recently, I'd say about three months ago, it all just sort of came to a head for me where I honestly thought I was only getting about four hours of sleep a night and I just felt like I couldn't get any rest I couldn't figure out how to get the ideas and the words that were in my mouth that I was rehearsing in my mouth um, out correctly the way I was thinking about them because I wasn't getting enough sleep my body wasn't reacting the way I needed it to and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. I gotta figure this thing out. Uh, and then as I talked to my friends and I talked to other people that are in this business, I talked to folks that are chefs, I talked to folks that do any sort of artistic craft, uh, they all typically are plagued by insomnia as well. And so I kept thinking, why is this not something that we're talking about? Why is it accepted that if you're passionate about what it is that you do, then it's okay to lose sleep. It's okay to be that committed to your craft, right? Why is this so torturous for us? And then I started to think, when was the last time I actually had a great night's sleep for over a month? And I couldn't remember. When was the last time that I didn't even think about sleep and I just did it. Wow, that was like teenage years prior to the teenage years. So where did it all go wrong? When did my body learn that it didn't need enough sleep, right? Like when did I have the ability to function with only a few hours worth of sleep? And then I started to ask the question like, is this, is this going to kill me, right? Is this shortening my life? Like if I, if I go days without sleep, am I just chipping away days at the back end? Scary stuff led to a lot of anxiety for me. And then 
we, Gina and I were dealing with this because I share a bed with her. And so she has to sleep with somebody or attempt to sleep with somebody who has insomnia without catching insomnia herself because it seems to be a contagious <laughs> sickness, right? And so we, through quarantine, like so many of us have, you have the time to sort of reflect. You have the time to examine these things. And I still wasn't getting a lot of sleep. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not out there doing the hustle with this shit. Like I'm at home, slowing my life down, tackling my anxieties, like really sort of getting in deep and figuring out what it is that makes me happy every day. Why am I still having trouble sleeping? It got to a point for me where just knowing that at that time of night, I was about to go get in to the torture chamber, which was the bedroom. And I was about to sit there and toss and turn and look at the ceiling and not be able to sleep. Do you guys feel the same way? That's what today's episode is about. I have yet to hear a filmmaking podcast that addresses this. I've yet to hear an artistic podcast that addresses insomnia and how it affects us as artists and how it affects us as creatives. It's a big deal. And uh, I, like I said, I got to a point of desperation in my own life where I was genuinely concerned. I genuinely had anxiety over the fact that I think I'm shaving years off my life. Uh, and so I had to do some research. I had to hunt for this. And, you know, being in quarantine and being very difficult to go out and see doctors and to see folks, um, I, of course, turned to literature and uh, made full use of my Audible account. <laughs> I won't cheapen this with an ad read right now, but I just did. Um, and uh, I went and I hunted for books on sleeping. And if you guys have done this before, if you guys are going to do this now, you will see that there are so many books out there on this. So many uh, people have tried to come up with remedies on how to get more sleep. There are so many options out there for you. And then we're not even talking about the drug market and the options for drug and whether or not you're taking melatonin, whether or not you're taking like supplements or herbal supplements, or if you're just straight up taking sleeping pills. There is an entire industry around this insomnia problem. Uh, and so for me, if you know, listening to the show, um, I'm not very, like I'm not one of those dudes that can read a book about the spirituality around health problems. I am more of a mechanical human being. Like I understand in my mind, the human body is the same as a car and a car that I would, that I would use to work on. If you unplug the battery, the computer's got no power. You know what I mean? It's all very specific. And so I needed to find a book that uh, went further than just like, it's all about finding your spiritual wholeness and I, I can't do that i don't know and i'm not dogging on the folks that can maybe you're better than i am i just once we start getting into the whole spirituality thing and the next thing you know i have to buy specific stones and put my stones in the room and the energy that comes off these stones it's not my thing and so i hunted hard and i found this book that uh, i liked and i found this book that uh, really changed a lot for me and uh 
What I really like about it was that the change was very simple. It was a very simple change. Uh, and since I read this book, it has affected my sleep completely to the point where I am getting great nights of sleep multiple times of the week. And just from changing mindset. I hope you guys are enjoying the serene sounds of Glendale in the background. Apparently there's a police chase. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so today's episode, we're going to tackle this. In today's episode, I want to talk about this book. I was going to get the author of the book on the show, but his schedule got really jam-packed. Um, so I had to postpone that, but I didn't want to postpone talking about this because I feel like it's a very important topic for us creatives is the sleep issue. Um, and so the book that I read, the book that I found, uh, is called The Sleep Solution. It is written by Chris Winner, uh, who is a doctor. Chris Winner is a, a certified sleep specialist and neurologist. Um, and he, through this book, shows us the science on how to resolve our sleep issues. And like I said, the book is called The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It. So this is going to be an interesting episode. I, I want to sort of go through and talk about the topics in this book that really affected me, and I'll sort of explain how I implemented those and uh, what the results are of it. Uh, I don't want this to feel like a book report. Uh, and at, at the top of the show, I'm going to say this, 100%, I am not a doctor, <laughs> if you can guess. I have not had the education to be a doctor. Um, and so take everything that I tell you with a grain of salt, definitely do your own research. Like I said, there are a ton of things out there that, uh, will help you with sleep stuff. I specifically learned from this book and for it to get through this thick skull, there's a couple things in here that I think are really important. All right. So let's start from the top here. I'm going to read a couple of, um, key points uh, from this book. If you don't sleep well, then you're not going to be healthy. You need to use principles of preparation and routine to boost your sleep hygiene. Now we're using terms like sleep hygiene. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard this or not. I had heard this prior. I was like, what the fuck is sleep hygiene? We'll talk about that. Um, insomnia doesn't come from not enough sleep. This is the key here. Insomnia is about being frustrated by your terrible sleep quality. That's interesting to me. I always thought that insomnia was a diagnosis because for some reason I fucked up some sort of biology in my brain where I was just unable to sleep. Like the, <laughs> the high school education in me was like, oh, look, if you don't sleep enough, then your brain forgets to go to sleep. Your brain forgets the rhythms to go to sleep. And so I have set into motion with my bad habits and with working overnights and doing different things, a rhythm, a bad rhythm for my brain. Uh, so now it forgets how to go to sleep. I was wrong. There's some things that I was right about, but I was completely wrong by that. And understanding that insomnia is more about the frustration of not being able to get to sleep than there being a chemical reason why I can't go to sleep. Unless I'm diagnosed with a health problem that keeps me awake. But 
Most people that have insomnia sleep and they just don't realize it. So we'll get into that. Um, knowing uh, that you can change your sleep by changing your environment is a big thing for me as well. So sleep hygiene. Let me just sort of break off this and, and talk about it. <clears throat> when I did the research on what sleep hygiene actually means, it's about creating an atmosphere and an environment in which your body can go to sleep, in which your mind can go to sleep. So this means a bunch of different things. One, what is your room like? You need to have an absolutely dark space. This was an argument that I was having with Gina when we were designing our room. And she's like, I want to have these cute shades that the sunlight can come through in the morning and uh, you know make the room feel very beautiful and pretty. It's like light in general, sunlight specifically, is the enemy of sleep. A hundred percent the enemy. So if you want to start off on the right foot, get blackout curtains. Get uh, blinds that will actually block out all of the light in your room. If you are like us and you're in a city and there's an apartment building that's right near you and for some reason they have their outside lights on all the time, that light comes in the room. That affects whether or not you can fall asleep. If you're someone that uh, goes to bed late and has to sleep a bit in the morning, the sun is up here at like six. So if you go to bed at three, uh, three hours later, that sun is going to wake your ass up. Now, maybe you don't have the means to black out your space. Maybe you don't have the budget to do it correctly. Um, you can buy on Amazon, they're like a buck, $2, those sleep masks. And, you know, at first I was like, who wears sleep masks? Like old ladies in movies wear sleep masks. Uh, but when I got my hands on them, I think Gina bought me my first set. It changed everything for me. It really did. Like being able to block out the light and I use them on airplanes now. If I'm sleeping on an airplane, putting those things on immediately tricks your mind into thinking that the sun has gone down and then it starts to run the processes that it needs to do to put you to sleep. So sleep hygiene is really about examining the space that you go to bed in, your bedroom, right? So first step, can you block out all the light? Do so. Second step, is that space a relaxing space for you? And for me, it wasn't because that's my torture chamber, right? Gina would go to sleep right next to me and be fucking out. She'd wake up crisp and clean the next morning. I was up all night, tossing and turning, watching her sleep, listening to her snore. <laughs> so it was miserable for me. And so what I needed to do was rearrange, reestablish this whole new space. We got all new stuff in our room. We arranged it differently, put it together in a new way. Is the room inviting for you? Is it clean? Are you someone that like eats in bed, which is a big fucking no-no. You someone that actually eats in bed and you have like dishes next to your bed with trash in it and crumbs in your bed. I fucking hate that. Get rid of all that. Clean out your space. Treat your bedroom the same way you would treat a yoga studio, or the same way that you would treat uh, your edit bay. You have your edit bay set up in the perfect way 
where you can actually use your mouse and use your keyboard and be fast and efficient with cutting. You have it lit a certain way when you're coloring in there because you want to make sure that you're seeing the colors the best way you possibly can. Why would you not design your bedroom to be the ultimate sleep machine? Look, I'm saying this to myself, guys, because I, I didn't even think about this stuff. None of this stuff showed up for me. It's all, it, it seems like common sense stuff, but as a human that was so focused on his dream in filmmaking, I, 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 for some reason, I started to like forget about the most important shit like this. Anyway, make sure that uh, your room is darked out, blacked out. Um, also, what kind of sheets are you sleeping on? If you're like me and you came from a family of four kids, and it was all about saving cash and getting things in bulk. You're just like, what are the cheapest sheets I can get my hands on? Throw those on the bed. But then I realized as I was tossing and turning at night because my back was itchy or my legs were itchy that my sheets didn't feel good. And subconsciously, they were keeping me awake. My sheets were keeping me awake. Do you clean your sheets? How often do you clean your bedding? Clean it a lot. Make it so that when you climb into that bed, you love it. You love what you're experiencing. Because otherwise, it's going to keep you up. Scratching and itching and scratching. I've had nights where I'm just driving myself insane. I'm like, what is there, fucking bugs in this bed? Why am I so goddamn itchy? And then you start to ask yourself, like, what kind of normal, crazy, per like, what kind of sane person sits in bed and scratches their shit all night? And that's what you're thinking about for three fucking hours. It says you're not going to sleep. It's nuts, right? Then here's another, the most important thing. What are you sleeping on? What is your mattress like? Once again, the whole BJ Costco fucking person in me is like, yeah, I got a sweet deal on a mattress. I actually got a king finally because uh, sharing space with someone else like Gina, I needed to have my personal space. So that changed everything for me. So not sleeping on a fucking twin bed together or a queen together. Having the space that we can both stretch out, huge change. But then, you know, getting a king is expensive. So I remember the first one that we bought, I was like, I got a fucking deal on this. I don't know, it was like 900 bucks or something, sweet deal. Throw it down, good to go. What kind of, what kind of mattress do you sleep on? Is it a hard mattress? Is it a soft mattress? I was always like, hard, is, who gives a shit? Give me a nice hard mattress because it'll last longer. I'll sleep on that. Turns out that when we moved here, we both were sleeping on a mattress that I had had for about eight years. And four months ago, three and four months ago, I was waking up with my leg in a Charlie horse and my back in a Charlie horse. Or I'd lay in bed tossing and turning and I couldn't find a comfortable spot. And light dawning on marble head, I'm like, why the fuck am I just sleeping on this thing? It's miserable. It's crazy. Now, I know some of you guys listening, some of you girls out there listening are probably like, Mike, you're a moron. Why do we need a whole episode about this that just proves that you're a moron? You don't know how to buy mattresses. You don't know how to do this stuff. But I would gamble. I would say that most of you guys know what I'm talking about. Because these are the things, as you were growing up, that your parents took care of. What kind of mattresses do you need? You just buy this mattress. You sleep on that mattress. You never really had those choices. And then... As you cross into being an adult and you get into your 20s 
and you're trying to figure out your own world and your own life, uh, the last thing you're thinking about is mattresses and stuff because you don't really have the cash at that point to spend on these things. You're like, what's the cheapest thing I can get? Oh, so I'm moving into this room and they're just leaving the mattress here? Yeah, I'll just take their mattress. It doesn't matter. What's the difference? Sound familiar? I know it does. So get yourself a great mattress. Now, buying a fucking mattress, holy shit. It's like, it is, talk about going on an epic mission, right? Talking about going on an epic journey through shit to find a great mattress. Uh, And we, Gina and I just did this. We looked at everything. We laid on everything during quarantine too, by the way. And we laid on the purple mattresses. We laid on air mattresses. And this one has individual size. And this one has motorized bottoms. And and this one's a foam mattress. And this one will ship to your quality. And like, ugh. And it was a nightmare. And do you ever notice that when you go mattress shopping, you're always going to these spots that seem like they're just temporarily set up. And every fucking mattress place that you go to is always going out of business. <laughs> you're like, what? And you walk into this place and here comes this guy who's like two steps above that slimy car dealer, Bill Paxton from fucking uh, True Lies, right? He comes over and he's all smiles, like, let's put you on a mattress. And you're just like, oh my God. And the place is gross, right? And this is where you're buying (laughs) the surface that you are going to be on for half your life. (laughs) Does it not seem ridiculous? And, And believe me, You know, we were in that same mindset of like, let's save some money, let's get a mattress, let's go through this process. And so we did the hunt. And we ended up finding this one place that I assumed was gonna be too expensive. This one place that did things differently out here in Los Angeles where they were like, we're all about custom stuff. We'll build you custom mattresses with with, uh, natural products. We'll go through this whole process. And I, I read about it online and I'm like, ah, I'm putting together our itinerary of where we're going to drive because you have to do that out here in Los Angeles. It's like, well, I'm going to go to this neighborhood and let me make sure I hit all these spots because it takes forever to get everywhere, right? And so I just threw it on there as a wild card. I'm like, maybe after we go into enough of these converted garages that are now mattress store retailers or going into Sears, which is like a fucking zombie land right now. Um, And then on the way back, we'll stop at this high-class place just to see what a nice mattress is like. And uh, I ended up falling in love with the spot. Really great place. Uh, and uh, the second half of this episode is going to talk about that because the most important part of my recovery from insomnia was changing the surface that I sleep on. And I fell in love with this company. It's called Custom Comfort out here in California. Um, and uh, met the owner of the company. And I really respected... Uh, the family-run business and how they put everything together. And so I have him on the show for the second half of this episode, and we'll talk about mattresses because I don't know. He told he, he taught me shit that I wasn't even thinking about with mattresses. And uh, I know how you guys are because you guys are the same way I was before this conversation where it's just like, what is a great deal and who's, who's hitting me with the best advertising? And what am I getting for that money? So uh, stick around because at the back end of this episode, we're going to get really into that. Um, And it's my hope, by the way, with this show, because it's a little different than I normally do them, I'm just trying to give you some tools, right? We always talk about that toolkit. I'm trying to give you some ammunition 
on changing your, your sleep habits, making you feel a little bit more sane, making you feel like uh, you can get the shit that's in your head out of your mouth. And honestly, I embarrassed myself multiple times. I've, I've done so on the show. I've done so in uh, conference calls or pitch meetings where I have gone in my mind what I think is weeks without sleep and just fucked up meetings, right? Because you just push through it. And that's something that as a guy, uh, we're sort of told to do, right? Put your head down, make your way through it. Does it hurt? Doesn't matter. Walk it off. Walk it off, dude. Get going. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the goal. Push your way through and you'll get there. I've been pushing for 20 years and it caught up to me. So let's get into some more stuff here about insomnia. Uh, one in five people in the United States have insomnia, uh, which makes it really prevalent. Um, but what is even more common are the misconceptions about the issue. Usually we think of insomnia as not being able to sleep at all, but that's not fucking possible. Uh, the truth is, as a human, as a, as, as a being on this planet, you need sleep. If you don't sleep, if you go without sleep, especially for the amount of time that we claim that we go without sleep, you're going to die. You will die without sleep. Usually people will get an insomnia diagnosis if they have poor sleep a minimum of twice a week for three months. Um, but this is an arbitrary number. If you were grumpy about bad sleep just two times for an entire month, you were also told that you had insomnia. So a lot of us get diagnosed with insomnia, but the truth of the matter is, is that we're just having bad sleep. It's not that we're not sleeping, we're having bad sleep. Uh, there are two parts of this condition that you need to be aware of. The first is not being able to get to sleep when you want. This can come in the form of not falling asleep at a certain time or having a hard time staying asleep during the night. The other component is the annoyance that you feel from this. Even if you've had a bad sleep once a month, you have insomnia if it bothers you that you had that bad sleep. So then light dawns on marble head here. I start to understand that the term insomnia is a description of my frustration for the lack of sleep. And then when you, when you go further down that hole, you realize half the time it's my frustration or it's my anticipation of that frustration that is keeping me awake. And half the time I am asleep or I have been dozing or I have been getting lesser sleep because I stay in that mindset of I'm not going to get any fucking sleep. Can you believe this? I can't believe that I'm mentioning this much. I can't believe that this is going on. I can't believe that he hasn't responded to this email yet. Can you believe these ideas that they were throwing at me today? I can't. How am I, how am I going to get any sleep when I have to deal with all this stress? That's the insomnia. It's not some chemical thing. It's not that your brain forgot how to go to sleep unless you're diagnosed with a health issue. And this comes back to me not being a doctor. But it also says here that if you're diagnosed with a specific health issue, like maybe uh, you have back problems and those back problems are keeping you awake and you can't sleep. That's different. We're just talking about what most of us have, which is diagnosed as insomnia. And when I hear that, or when I heard that, I was like, fuck, there's something wrong with me. 
That's why I can't get to sleep. And because of that, I'm losing years off my life. And that in itself started anxiety. And that anxiety is what insomnia is. Does that make sense to those of you listening? It really changed my fucking mindset on this thing because I suddenly had control over this. Right? It's a big, it's a big hack here. I know you guys are always looking for tricks and hacks and how do you climb the ladder faster? That there alone. Insomnia is a state of being frustrated about poor sleep quality. It does not come from not getting enough sleep. There's a big hack, guys. Uh, let me see here. What else is interesting? Uh, oh, one of the byproducts of this is that uh, I've really become fascinated with REM sleep. I've really become fascinated with lucid dreaming. I've got some ideas. Will and I have some ideas on a nightmare movie. Um, a lot of this stuff you'll you'll see subtly. Like if you go back and watch like Nightmare on Elm Street and the Nightmare on Elm Street series, they play with a lot of this in there, which is really interesting. It's, and then like uh, some of my favorite movies, like uh, Inception. We talk about Inception or uh, a Possessor is all about the subconscious and sleeping. So this stuff starts to get really fascinating. Look at me, byproduct. Of course, I'm trying to fix my life, and of course, I'm like, how can I make this into a movie? <laughs> Uh, all right, here's something that's interesting. Sleep can be divided into three stages, light sleep, deep sleep, and dream sleep. You've heard some of this stuff before, but bear with me. There's a lot about sleep that we still don't understand, but we do know that there are three different stages necessary for a satisfactory sleep. The first is light sleep, which is the stage between full consciousness and deep sleep. This is a delicate state from which it's easy to wake up. This is one of the ones that I'm most aware of, right? It's that you climb into bed, you know you got to get some sleep, you're tired, you're kind of like drowsy. What are you thinking about? This is when most people are on their fucking phones. We'll get into why that's delicate and dangerous. Um, light sleep can be divided into two different uh, sections here. N1 sleep and N2 sleep. While you spend a mere 5% of a night's sleep in N1 state, you will spend about 50% of it in N2 state. These two states of sleep can be distinguished by looking at various brain patterns. The next step is deep sleep, which is N3. And this is the restorative period that causes you to feel rested when you wake up in the morning. Most deep sleep occurs in the first half of your night's sleep. Adults tend to sleep 25% of each night in deep sleep, but this number declines with age, which is interesting. Uh, during this period of deep sleep, the most growth hormones are produced. Therefore, it's needed uh, to boost your immune system, to help you recover from injuries, strengthen your bones and muscles. So it's that N3 sleep that if you don't get to that point, you're not getting that restorative stuff. That is the sleep that we need uh, to survive. That is the sleep. Without that, that version of sleep, we die. And that's kind of like, you know when you get so tired, you pass out and you can't remember anything? That's that sleep. It's pretty interesting. The author of the book dubs the third stage dream sleep, uh, but its scientific name is REM sleep. 
REM stands for rapid eye movement, which refers to when your eyes move at a fast rate below your eyelids. Uh, and scientists still haven't figured out why that happens. Uh, that's that, you know, anytime you see a dream movie like Dreamscape, you've heard me talk about on the show a bunch of times with uh, uh, Dennis Quaid was in that. And it scared the fuck out of me as a kid where they could share dreams and jump into each other's dreams. It's always that cool part of the movie where they're going to sleep and like he's in REM. And they're looking at computers like ancient fucking like you know, 80s fucking apples. And they're like, it's, the lines are getting squiggly. <laughs> His brain activity is through the roof. He's about ready to jump, you know, REM sleep. Uh, REM sleep accounts for 25% of your night's sleep. It occurs four to five times every night, which is fascinating. And it happens in 20 to 40 minute cycles a piece. piece. Uh, and they increase towards the second half of the night. During this phase, you stop regulating your body temperature and dreaming takes place. That in itself is fascinating. That, that makes a lot of sense why you sweat in your bed at night, right? Some of us get real cold at night. Your body starts regulating its temperature. So the deeper I get it, you can see why I like this book, right? Because the deeper I get into it, the more it sort of describes how our bodies work as a machine, which I, I've always been, you know, a nerd about. Um, so understanding that there are different stages to your, to your rest and understanding that you're trying, your body needs to get into that restorative state. Um, and in that restorative state, that isn't necessarily the dream state, which is interesting too. Um, and there's a bunch of different theories on this stuff. You guys definitely got to look into this. It's fascinating storytelling stuff. Uh, anyway, let's skip ahead. So besides changing your room up, right? Besides finding a good mattress, all this stuff seems pretty easy and simple to do. And maybe you're going to follow the advice, right? You go out, you buy dark curtains, and you go out and you get a nice soft fucking mattress. You get those sheets that are really nice, right? You set your room up the way you want it, but you're still fucking laying in bed. And you're like, I spent all this money. And I still don't feel like I'm getting any sleep. Here's why. When it comes to getting good sleep, a healthy uh, circadian rhythm is essential. Now, what is a circadian rhythm? Uh, it is a system of bodily processes that operate on a 24-hour cycle, and they determine when you're going to feel sleepy and when you feel awake. Uh, a common disruptor for these rhythms is jet lag. So after a shift from one time zone to another, you may end up eating when you're supposed to be sleeping uh, and your body isn't prepared to digest stuff at that period of time. So this is all part of what your body does. These are the apps that are running in the background, right? This is something that I found fascinating when I had the concussions, the head injury concussions, where suddenly uh, my brain had lost the ability to filter out background noise. So I couldn't be in public because I would hear fucking everything. I would hear the chefs in the kitchen talking. It was like having a superpower that you couldn't ignore, you know? And it took a while for that to fix itself. It took a while for me to figure out how to be in a space without having vertigo. And I had such a great respect for all the hard work that subconsciously my body was doing for me. Same thing happens with sleep. Your body is looking for triggers and is looking for rhythms that you need to set in order to fall asleep, which is interesting. And these rhythms aren't just exclusive to humans. 
Animals do it. Plants do it. You've seen plants do it. Um, and it's all about with a, whether you're a human, whether you're a plant, whether you're an animal, it all really sort of circles around the sun because that is the biggest guide for our rhythms. When the sun comes up, it's daytime. When the sun goes down, it's nighttime. You go to sleep. But as humans, we figured out ways to fuck that up. Whether you're somebody that has to work night shifts. When I was a kid, I got offered a position when I was working in a bakery. So I was working for a grocery store in my late teens and I was working in the bakery and one of the managers came up and said, hey, how would you like to work the night shift? And he was like, there's no customers, you know, you don't have to deal with traffic. It's going to be great. He didn't have to sell it that hard to me. I was fascinated with what is it like to have my day start when everybody else's days end? What is it like to live in the night? You know, maybe I had seen too many uh, vampire movies or action movies. And I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to like get in the car and drive to work at night. Um, and I tried it. And it was such a fascinating experience because it felt so out of body. It felt so exciting. It felt like a whole new world. All these places that I would see during the day just felt new to me because it was nighttime. And I got real excited by that. And unfortunately, it really only lasted for me for, for about a week before my manager was like, hey, wait a minute, you're, you're only 17. You're not allowed to do this. <laughs> so immediately they put me back on the day shift. But after I did that, I had sort of this romantic excitement around nighttime stuff. And I embraced that. I completely had to embrace that when I had my first studio in Boston. We had a studio down in Chinatown. And the parking down there was so terrible during the day that... Uh, we could only get a spot at night. So I ended up shifting my lifestyle to be able to edit at night. So I would drive down at about five o'clock at night, wait for the cars to shift, wait for the meters to go from being meters to resident. And I would grab a spot and I'd start my day at five at night and go into the morning. And that was an exciting time, right? Because you're down. I was like in the last stages of the red light district in Boston. And it's just like pimps and prostitutes outside, you know? And it's like, where do we get food this late? Like, because at that point, dinner for you is like 3 a.m. or whatever the fuck. So it's like, where am I getting food this late? And where are we eating? And where are we going? Um, it was exciting. And I embraced that. And, and it would fuck me up. Like for sleeping patterns, I'd be all over the place. My body wouldn't know when I was going to go to sleep. The sun was coming up. And of course, at that time period, I didn't have good shades. I didn't have good sleep hygiene. And so I just got used to it. I was like, this is part of the process, right? This is part of what I have to do as a creative. No sleep, no big deal. Everybody does it, right? It's almost like a badge of honor where you're like, I was able to do this with no sleep. I could still function. I got the three hours of sleep last night. No big deal. How many times do you hear that? Oh yeah, I only got a few hours of sleep last night, but it's fine. We're good to go. 20 years later, <laughs> on the verge of mental breakdown. <laughs> so you got to set up these rhythms. So let's go deeper into how to do this because it's pretty simple. Uh, let me see here. Here we go. The term sleep hygiene refers to the process of controlling your environment and pre-bedtime behavior in, in order to have the best sleep possible. 
To optimize your sleep, you should start off by preparing your bedroom every night. This is what I do, uh, which is a habit that I started right before this, which I like. Um, I don't make my bed in the morning. It used to drive me crazy when I was a kid. My mom would be like, make your bed. I'm like, for what? <laughs> no one's in here. <laughs> who's, who's in the bedroom? Who's going to see it? Um, but I also can't sleep on a bed that isn't made. That's just a rat's nest of stuff. I'm not, Gina can. She can just curl herself up like a hamster in, in a chewed toilet paper holder <laughs> and fall asleep. I just can't do that. So what I do, part of my ritual, is I'll go in and make the bed. And I'll make it nice. I've gotten real good at it. So if I don't make it as a director, I can change beds in a hotel somewhere. It'd be a good good fucking career move for me. Uh, but I like to do that. It's, it's my ritual. I'll go in, I make the bed, I set it up. And the other thing I like to do is create an atmosphere in the room now that feels very romantically sleepy. And so I know a big move these days is to get yourself energy saver light bulbs. The problem I have with a lot of them is that their colors are weird, right? So like the daylight stuff is, is like atomic blue. I feel like I'm in a fucking morgue. You know what I mean? Where like that stuff's going on. Or they have the quote unquote tungsten versions of these, which oftentimes is like a purple pink, almost like a sodium vapor, which also feels weird. And outside, almost like I'm in a club. Um, so I know it's not good for energy, but we have a light in our room that has old school tungsten bulbs in it. And I grabbed one of my dimmers from my light kit, which is basically like a house dimmer, like a wall dimmer that is on a, on a, on a power cord. And I put that on my light. So at night I just dim my shit way down. So I come in the room and I'm probably at like, I'd say 15% on the dimmer, which makes it very amber, very comforting, very warm. I go in there, dim the light, I start to make the bed. And as I start to do these things, my brain starts to realize, hey, it's sleepy time, right? And another thing that they suggest, which I love to do, is take a hot shower. So if you go in and you take a hot shower, you have that time in the shower to sort of process everything. The heat helps, the steam helps, you get to get rid of any last thoughts that you might have. And your body's like, hey, he made his bed, he turned the light down, now he's taking a fucking shower. All right, this means we're going to sleep town. Okay, I'm with you. So maybe you're in the shower, you had a fucking intense day, right? You've been on the phone with producers, you've been pitching ideas, and people have thrown questions at you. Why does the monster do this? And what is this? So what does this character have to do with that? And we can't afford this set. So how are we going to change this around? Those are hard questions that you don't have answers for right away. Those are those questions that fucking nestle themselves deep into the brain nugget. And they're just in there kicking you. Anytime you have a quiet moment where it's like, fuck, how the fuck am I going to change this set? Right? Those are the questions that stick with me. Even though I've taken a hot shower. And I'm like, how the fuck do I go to sleep with that thing? Here's another move. Take your shower. You can do it before if you need to. Take your shower. Then head on over to your desk, outside of your room, sit down, and make a to-do list. Just write them on a piece of paper. Figure out why the monster does that. Figure out what this is. 
And if you have ideas that are in your head that are half-baked, but you don't want to lose them, write those down too. And what happens, it seems so stupid, but what happens is it takes the stress off the plate. It takes the stress off your brain because you're not worried about forgetting those ideas. And so then when your brain starts to kick back in and go, how are you going to do this? You go, don't worry, I got it. I wrote all that stuff down. We won't forget it. It's good to go. Just let it go. Let it go. We'll deal with it tomorrow. Not a big deal. Right? So now you're setting that as part of your rhythm. So now your brain's like, oh, this motherfucker really wants to get some sleep. So now it starts to start, it starts producing melatonin on its own. Now, I know you've heard that term before. Some of you may or may not have heard that term before. You can take melatonin supplements. I haven't decided whether or not those actually work or if they're placebo, because I've had I was taking those prior to this. And I'm like, a friend of mine was like, just take melatonin. And I'm like, okay. And I start pounding that. And you're like, I don't know if this is doing anything. I don't think it was. Your brain will naturally produce melatonin when it needs to sleep, as long as you're giving it the signals to sleep. The sun's not up. This motherfucker took a shower. He just made his to-do list, right? He's ready. So then you climb into bed. Now, most people, including my girlfriend, will climb into bed, plug in their cell phone, and they just check some shit before they go to sleep. So you sign on to Instagram. So scrolling through Instagram, you sign into your email, you look into your email. And what are you doing? Your brain is sorting through all this stuff, sorting through all this really great dopamine that's just flooding in your fucking mind. Oh, this is exciting. And oh, I've always wanted to have one of those. And let me go on Amazon and buy this. So what's going on now? You've now told your brain, hey, 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 chill out on the whole going to sleep thing. We got work to do, man. So now you're running with it. And the device that you're holding is projecting light on you. It says immediately on this page, which is the the cheat sheet for my book, uh, it says the first thing that kills sleep for everybody right now is either your phone or your TV. Do not watch television in bed, which I break that rule often. Do not use your phone in bed, which I know all of you break that rule. All of you that are lacking sleep. And then the phone itself, the screen projects light, right? And so the new versions of Apple have been like, hey, now at night mode, we'll swap the light so that it's a bit warmer. Got it. You're trying to be a tungsten unit. I got what you're doing. And now you could still use your phone. No, no, no. Using your phone all together. It's an addictive device. It's like cigarettes. Do yourself a favor. Put your phone in the other room. This is what I do. My charging station is in my bedroom. My charging station is at my computer in the other room. So that's part of my rhythms. I'm going to bed. I walk over, plug in my phone, set it up. And it's on silent mode. It goes into silent mode automatically, except for specific people. So like if there's a problem with my parents, the phone will ring. But that's one of the steps. So now your body's like, this motherfucker's serious about sleep. Like he's always on the fucking phone. Oh, it's sleep time, right? So now you've done all these steps. Your brain's starting to produce melatonin and you're in the space, but you lay down and you're in that N1 mode, right? Which is that sleep period where you're like still sort of conscious and you're waiting for sleep to happen and you're just having trouble. 
And for some folks, it isn't about thinking about the day. It's just feeling bored. Like your brain needs something. Well, a great trick, and this is a new, and I didn't come up with it, but a great trick for me is that next to my bed, I put the most hard-to-get-through, boring books. So like I'll, I'll have a stack of like graphic novels that I'm really not that into, but I want to get through them. I put them there. I have a couple of hard copy books that I want to get through. I put them there. Without fail, I will pick up one of those things and get about five issues into it. And because I've set all those other rhythms in place, my mind is, my brain is creating the chemical that it needs. Melatonin is running through my system. My body's like, the sun's down, everything's set. Five pages in, I'm out. I'm out. It works. It totally works. Now, prior to that, when I thought that I was having an issue, when I thought that I had some sort of biological problem, that my body was not allowed to sleep, I would be filling that time waiting for sleep by going, I need to fucking sleep. If I don't sleep, I'm going to fucking die. I need to sleep. And what does that do? That raises my anxiety levels. Or I can't believe that I can't get comfortable. I can't believe that this is coming. I can't believe that she's snoring. I can't believe that this is happening to me. Especially a couple nights with shitty sleep. Third night, fourth night of that, you're just, you want to murder somebody. There was a point in time where I wanted to strangle my girlfriend to death because she was snoring. And I'm like, she's doing this to me intentionally. You drive yourself fucking insane. You know how I fixed that problem? I found on the marketplace earplugs that they use in machine shops. And these are earplugs that guys will wear all day. They're soft. You stick them in there and you can sleep on them. That's the most important thing because I'm a side sleeper, so I can actually sleep on them. When I put these earplugs in, the dreams I have because of it, because there's no, there's nothing. It's like being in a, in a deprivation tank. The, the dreams are so vivid because I use these earplugs. If you guys are, if you guys are interested, just drop me a message on Instagram and I'll tell you what brand I use, but I'm not going to promote them on the show. Um, but yeah, earplugs you're using a face mask because you don't have enough uh, dark window cover, it'll put you right the fuck out. And then you start to trans transport into this sleep. Because I started to do these, these techniques, because I read this book, um, my life has changed drastically over the past few months. Past two months, like I am, maybe I'll have a bad night's sleep once a week now. Maybe. And in my dreams. And it's opened up this whole new world for me where, like I said, I'm completely fascinated with, with lucid dreaming now. Like I actually started a dream diary. I'm, I'm listening to a whole other book on lucid dreaming and how to track your process in dreaming and how to be conscious in your dreaming. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. And like I said, I curve more towards like the biology and like the technical of it than I do the find your chakra and all that baloney. Like I, like it's for me, it's all about tangibility. Um, and I'm enjoying it, man. My ideas are better. My meetings are better. My podcasts are better. Be 
because of it. And so that's what I wanted to do today was address this because I feel like I found such a simple solution. And in case it didn't come through, I'll just say it again. It was understanding that the reason why I had insomnia was because I didn't understand what insomnia actually was. Because I assumed that there was something wrong with me that kept me awake when the reality of it was the anxiety of that was keeping me awake. The, I haven't slept in days. Why haven't I slept in days? Uh, because your rhythms aren't right. Because you sleep in a pile of shit. Because you're on a mattress that is the most uncomfortable thing that you've ever been on. A stranger would come lay on this mattress and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you sleeping? What are you sleeping in cardboard boxes? What is this? Right? Those things are what kept me from going to sleep. And those things in my mind, because I was so focused on the most important goal of my life, which is to become a director, to make movies, nothing else mattered that much. It doesn't matter that I don't have a great mattress. It doesn't matter that I'm up all night. It doesn't matter. And even if you're not in the same business that I am, maybe you're just at home and you're depressed because of quarantine. And you're like, I don't have to get up tomorrow, so... I'm just going to watch eight episodes of this fucking show. Next thing you know, it's 5 a.m. And I fucked up my entire rhythm. Why is it when we became adults, it became uncool to have a rhythm for sleep, right? Like in your 20s, it's like, you're going to bed? What are you, fucking 50? What time is it? Nine o'clock and you're going to sleep? What are you, an old man? What is this, right? And what is that about? Maybe it's just because in our 20s, which is our teens these days, uh, we're just rebelling against everything that we were forced to do as kids. Ma, I'm going to stay up and watch this uh, horror movie. No, you're going to go to bed. Oh, no, you're going to bed. Well, when I get old enough, I'm not going to go to bed. I'm going to watch whatever the fuck I want all night, right? Which was fun to do. I did that to my 20s. I'm just going to stay up all night and drink a fucking 20-pack. Yeah, I did that, right? And then what I've done subconsciously is that I've set up a whole new rhythm. I've set up this rhythm where my body is like, I'm just going to get sleep when I can get it, man. I realized how tired I was when I was sitting in the middle of the day. I sat down in a chair and I, I passed the fuck out. I was up cold. Maybe that's why you see a lot of older people napping. It's because their rhythms have been so stupidly ridiculous. Right? I just passed the fuck out multiple times. And Gina would be like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why are you just falling asleep? I don't know. Something wrong with me. I can't sleep. I'm, I have insomnia. Right? Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Um... Just try it out, right? If you're somebody that has been claiming that you don't get sleep, if you're someone that's like, I get two hours of sleep a week or six hours of sleep a week or three hours of sleep a night. Well, here's the other thing that was interesting about this book is that he points out that people that truly have sleep deprivation, you can't go 
two days without actually falling asleep, you'll die. (laughs) You'll die without getting sleep because your body needs to have that regenerative time, right? It needs to go through there and repair your immune system. It needs to do all these things. So if you're physically not going to sleep, you'll die. 100%. So what happens? What happens is this. You drift. There was this really great example in his book where he had his office set up. I might fuck this up because I'm going off of memory. But he had his office set up and he had a patient that was waiting in the waiting room. So he goes out into the waiting room and in a chair, passed out cold, is this guy. He goes and wakes him up. And he's like, it's your turn. Brings him in the room, sits him in the chair and he goes, so tell me about your sleeping. He's like, I haven't slept in weeks. How crazy is that? This dude that he woke up out of a chair, claimed that he hadn't slept in weeks. Was he lying to himself? Maybe, but he was convinced that he hadn't had sleep. Well, yeah, I closed my eyes, but I really didn't get good sleep. I didn't really fall asleep. Insane, right? It's crazy how your brain plays tricks on you. So hopefully this helps. Those of you who are very similar to myself have been diagnosed with insomnia, whether you have been diagnosed by a doctor or whether or not you WebMD'd yourself as an insomniac. Um, Look into this stuff. Like I said, the book um, is called The Sleep Solution. And uh, the doctor, uh, I really wanted to get him on the show. We were talking for a while and uh, he just got really slammed. His schedule got ridiculous. And uh, I wanted to share this stuff with you guys. So maybe in the future, I'll get him on. Chris Winter, maybe in the future, I'll get him on the show. Um, but I'm, I'm go check out the book. And if you are going to go do it, I'll do it now. I'll do a read. If you are going to check it out, why not do it on Audible? That's how I did it. I was listening to it when I was working. Uh, And uh, if you're going to do Audible, and if you haven't done so on another podcast, sign up for a free trial using, uh, uh, what is it? Audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. The link will be in the description of the episode. You'll get 30 days for free and you'll get a free audiobook. So you can get this book for free. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm not telling you to do anything. You can literally get it for free by signing up for Audible. Listen to it for that month. If you want to stick around, like I said, I'm. what are the other books that I'm reading here? Give me a second. I know that there's nothing better than listening to Mike search for things on a podcast. Um, oh, I'm listening to uh, this really good book on lucid dreaming right now. It's a field guide to lucid dreaming. Uh, dreams, outer space has plenty of oxygen. Ooh interesting um so i'll put all those links below the show um but definitely check them out and uh as promised uh at the beginning of the show we're gonna transition now to our second half uh which is a great interview uh with the owner of custom comfort mattresses uh i really enjoy these mattresses i love what they've done for me. I love what this company has done for me and Gina. Out of all of the insane uh, mattress choices out there and all these different mattress options out there, this was the only one that allowed you to build custom stuff. And their prices are pretty goddamn comparable to the stuff that you would spend money on. Uh, 
Uh, so uh, I know that a lot of you guys are like, what's this, what's this Miracle mattress that you're sleeping on? It is a custom comfort mattress. And uh, uh, don't just take my word for it. We'll sit here and we'll talk to the guy who makes this stuff happen. Okay, guys, so as an added bonus to our sleep episode, I'm actually going to sit down and talk with a good buddy of mine, Gary Trudell, and we're going to talk about the importance of a great mattress, importance of uh, a great place to sleep. Gary, thanks for being on the show, my man. Hey, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, my family's own custom comfort mattress for many years and uh, honored to be on your show. I appreciate it. Well, as, as folks that listen to the show know, um, I usually only have, well, that's not true. I always only have companies on the show that I use and that I believe in. And I found you guys out of really out of desperation because uh, Gina and I were looking for new mattresses. I was on this old mattress that was throwing my hip out of alignment and I've had it for so long and I don't know what it is, but I had that mindset. It's probably the old blue collar mindset where it's like, if it's not broken, just fucking use it. And so I've always been sleeping on (laughs) on mattresses way too long. And I think my prior mattress I had for over 12 years and was just in a lot of pain. It's like, all right, I'll just shift. I'll just rotate the mattress. And uh, finally it was beyond repair for me. And so then it, going to buy a mattress is a nightmare and a lot of the places that you end up walking into you're looking for a sweet deal and you're trying to find the best that you can get at the right size that you want and then most of the places I go into feel like used cars dealerships and like they're kind of gross and dirty and it was just a nightmare until I found your spot man yeah we 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 hear that a lot and you know obviously Sleep affects our quality of life. It affects our health. It affects our performance. It affects our relationship. So, um, you know, my family's done this for 35 years, and our number one goal is to truly separate from just being a, just a basic mattress company and caring and fitting in our clients and, and kind of making sure that we're paying attention to their body types and predominant sleeping positions. And, you know, our team doesn't work on commission, so we, we, we don't want that feeling of like going into you you know walking onto a used used cars uh lot where <laughs> that that pressure yeah well and the thing that i really found uh fascinating about your place besides the fact that the place first off besides the fact the place was clean and i can't believe that i have to say that i can't believe <laughs> that, that is like the first thing but then walking in and seeing that you guys were very much you had so many customizable options which is a very rare thing because most of the time when you go into mattress places, it, it, it all feels like the same thing, but just different colors. And then you're getting on all these different mattresses going, am I feeling this? Like, what is the difference between this one and that one? And you guys had so many different options as far as like what your mattress base could be, whether or not it had springs in it, whether or not it has latex in it. And then the thing that I really liked about it is that uh, Gene and I were going to get a king because 
as much as I love her, she needs to be at the far end of the bed. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, um, it, but what I was yeah. saying is that the, the cool thing about the, the King stuff for you guys was that you could get two different bases and then get a topper that made it into a King, which uh, was a fascinating thing. I've never seen that before. Well, it, it, it's, you know, I guess with what's going on in the world, there, there's sometimes a misconception, and it's probably a, one of the greater misconceptions, is one one fit all. You know, one, one mattress, one solution for every person. And obviously, for you and Gina, male, female, different sleeping positions, different body types, um, you know, the critical thing is, is for us to pay attention to the body type, pay, pay attention to the predominant sleeping position, um, because it, it it is completely different, you know. Mm -hmm. Different men typically have a lot more muscle mass, and and you know, typically if they're a side sleeper, will trigger from the shoulder, which affects the mid to upper back and neck. And females, if if they're predominantly side sleepers, it affects the hip, which directly affects that lower back. But females are typically a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more top of bed, where. You know, men typically more muscle mass. We kind of hinge the body or the inner body of the mattress. So it's not like super, super complicated, but it is caring for the individual. You know, it's our industry, you know, thinks one one fits all. That's like you, you know, Gina buying a $100 pair of shoes or mm. favorite red with a three-inch heel and you walking around all day in them. It's, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, and sleep is really very much the same thing. Yeah, and it's it's wild. I think that this whole episode sort of addresses this, but for it just came down to stubbornness for me. And I think that <laughs> you know, and, and you don't realize that you're becoming stubborn. You, know yeah, I mean? you just yeah. you sort of get set in your ways. And when you're a kid, your parents buy you a specific mattress, and you know you really don't have a choice in that. And then as I got older into my twenties, it was like, where do I buy where do I buy a mattress from? And so then you're you're out there looking for the most affordable mattress you can get your hands on because at that time it's about saving cash, it's about paying rent, and you're you're looking for these spots. But it isn't until later, after spending years doing camera work and really sort of throwing my hip out of alignment and throwing my back out of alignment, and and just realizing how much time at night I'm not sleeping, how much time I'm just sort of tossing and not getting a getting into REM sleep not getting into that replenishment sleep. And it, it, it's, you know, as I crossed into my 40s, there hit a point last year where I thought I was just going insane because I, I really wasn't getting a straight night that's worth of sleep. And to understand that it was my fault, <laughs> to understand that it was, you know, my stubbornness and my inability to just cross off these things that were so simple to cross off. And, you know, some of it may be the clothing that I was wearing to bed, but the, the main point was that I should probably pay attention to what what the hell I'm sleeping on. I mean, I'm on this thing for half my life. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny, and I I truly have never heard and thought about this, but stubbornness is probably one of the things that we fight the most. I mean, you look at yourself on your old bed, twelve years. Obviously, your hips start hurting, which then starts affecting your back, and obviously, especially what you do physically for work and the wear and tear uh, it puts on your body. Most consumers, when they come in, their, their back hurts, their hip hurts, their shoulder hurts, and their instinct or intuition is that they need a harder bed in hard, 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 and, and, and 
it actually sometimes compounds the problem. Mm -hmm. um, so in, you know, us being a mattress manufacturer, and I kind of go through some of that part of it, but in us fitting people, we get in our goal is to achieve comfort and support because those are two different things. Comfort is a lot of what you're used to or what you're accustomed to, but support is the ability of the mattress to equalize pressure and take that pressure from the ankles to the shoulders or neck and distribute your weight over a larger area. So mm. um, when we try to get through the fitting process, it's really to get rid of a lot of that stubbornness or people's instinct that they need a firmer, harder bed. Um, you need support. You need to keep that back aligned. But the bed has to match the shape of the body. It has to match the curves of the body. And obviously, you had yours for 12 years. You went from a queen to a king. We deal with this on a regular basis, A, couples together for a longer period of time. But our, we're in an industry that's over 95% petrochemical. 95% mm. uh, of the mattresses in the U.S. today are petrochemical, which is plastic. And um, it that's where you're going to sleep hot. Uh, that's typically where allergies come from. That's typically where the body depression, you know, why your hip was hurting is it compresses, it flattens out where you have more weight, which, you know, for the men, it's kind of in that belly or the buttocks area, that center third of our body. Mm -hmm. um, and that's typically what triggered and most likely triggered kind of what you had going on in your hip. Yeah. Yeah, because you're 100% right. I was convinced that I needed a firmer mattress because I had slept on firmer mattresses. And I, it's so strange. I don't remember the point that, that convinced me of that. It was probably remembering that I had a really great night's sleep when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was, you know? Yeah, well, it, it, if you have a predominantly back or belly sleeper, you definitely in a thinner body type, you know, I don't want to say looks like a two by four, but they're six <laughs> foot tall and 120 pounds and there's not many curves to the body. You could be on a firmer, flatter bed. But, you know, when we're side sleepers, you know, if you kind of, if Gina was lying on a mattress, whether it's you or I or, you know, a chiropractor, uh, lying on her side, the goal is from the middle of the neck to the middle of the buttocks to see that back as straight as possible. So, we need to be able to release the pressure off of her shoulder and hip, get the mattress to push into the waistline and the ribs areas. But it's especially critical to the ankles because we're all thinner at the ankles than we are at the hips. And it's a lot of times why doctors or chiropractors have patients put a pillow between a client's uh, knees because they're on too firm of a bed and they're not getting that alignment. So if we could have that proper balance of a firm enough base but a plush enough top, you don't necessarily need or have to have that that pillow between your knees because we'll get that alignment to get the bed to contour and, and take those gaps in the body. And again, I, I always relate it back to a kind of pair of shoes and I have flat feet. It, you know, So the bottom of my shoe or the inside of my shoe is not perfectly flat because my foot is not perfectly flat. So you got to match the curves just as you get a great pair of jeans or a great a female gets a great dress or you you or I get a great shirt or coat yeah. that's to match the body type you know uh, if if magic johnson at you know 68 whatever 300 pounds puts on a, a jacket and it fits him it, it's completely different for me who's much smaller in frame and uh, sleep is really the same 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 concept 
Yeah, and I, that's why I have you on the show, I, like because you don't really think about this stuff, and and as a creative, and so many of the listeners of the show are creatives, whether they're actors or writers or directors or even crew positions. You you don't realize I'm a mess if I don't sleep, and for for a few years my rhythm was I knew that I would sleep well for one night, and then I'd be up for about four or five nights with crappy sleep and then eventually get so exhausted that I'd find sleep again. And I just sort of had that be my rhythm and being someone that has to communicate with folks. It's my job to take whatever sort of brainchild grows in my head and make it come out of my mouth the right way. Yeah. <laughs> when you're on like day, day three of no sleep, I, I couldn't even formulate sentences the correct way. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. The, it, it's... Again, my, my family's done this 35 years. I've been in L.A. for about 12 years. Um, in the creative world, and I'm very blessed or we're very blessed to serve that industry. But it was truly probably the, the wake-up call for me. I'm, you know, I'm nine of ten kids, and I'm at the bottom, second to bottom. And you know, <laughs> I just, you know, growing up, a mattress is a mattress, and didn't really think about it. And until I got into the creative industry or serving the people in the entertainment industry and um, realizing that, you know, they're not sleeping well, they're creative. They wake up at three or four in the morning. They, they start writing things or doing things, or they, you know, they work 16, 18 hour days on the film set or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, they're caffeine loading, you know, sometimes until four, five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. They go to a, you know, whatever, an event or something, have a glass of wine or two, and then they get home and they're just sitting in bed. And then, you know, they start popping Ambion or other things, sleep aids to try to get to sleep. And, and it, it really woke me up to a mattress is far more than a mattress. I mean, it, it is, you have to pay attention to obviously what you put into your body. You have to pay attention to your environment. I mean, simple things of blackout shades. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, soft noise if, if you're kind of in the city or in a high-rise building. Um, but it will truly, truly affect the performance. It truly affects the aging process. It, 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 you, you, I've had clients that I've seen on TV for years which are flawless. And, you know, you see them after being on set or on a project and they come in, you know, after working the long hours, they, they sometimes can't form a sentence. They can't think clearly because truly not sleeping well. Um, and, yeah. and it is, you know, all of us, regardless if it's we're involved or not, pay attention to your sleep. Pay attention because it reduces the chance of cancer. It, it helps you maintain proper body mass. It, it, it is vital to our performance and health and well-being. Well, yeah, and I, I think that a lot of folks that are now listening to this are going to be in the same mode that I was, which is like, I had no idea. I had no idea the differences in mattresses. And, and so if, if someone is now interested in, in picking up a mattress, like let's sort of address a couple of the mattresses that are on the market, the, the couple of styles of the mattresses on the, that are on the market, and then, you know, what people uh, should be aware of. Now, with you guys, I think the biggest sales pitch from you guys is that you use everything that's all natural based, like 100% natural based. And it hadn't really occurred to me that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and we don't do it because of the trend of natural. Um, you know, 
my brother started working in a factory, you know, when he was 15 years old and he's close to 60 now. And he learned the trade by traditional craftsmen where traditionally, whether, you know, it was my parents in the 30s or my grandparents born in the early 1900s, traditionally mattresses were used from natural resources, cotton, wool, silk, because those were the, the, the products available. And traditionally mattresses lasted 15 to 20 years uh, without hurting people's back. As things evolve, they start moving to synthetics because it's easier, cheaper, and a lot of times they import them. So we still use American steel, and the reason being American steel is stronger, it's a heavier gauge, and it lasts longer. But we like using natural materials. Our cotton is grown here in California. Cotton sleeps cooler, it's healthier, it's breathable. Um, And then we still hand tuft. Uh, Hand tufting the bed is so critical because it compresses the coil, compresses the material. It helps prevent the materials from shifting and moving. So that allows us to give the base support to to support the core of the majority of what our body mass is. And then we'll use a natural pillow top or a natural topper over the top to then take the shape of the body depending on the body type and predominant sleeping position. We still build a product that's double-sided, the ability to spin, flip, it, you know, obviously you and Gina, different body types, different body weights, you could spin the mattress, you could mm-hmm. flip the mattress, they wear evenly, they're more supportive, and they last longer. Um, again, we're in an industry that's over 95% petrochemical, because polyurethane, I mean, yeah. you know, in college, you could get acrate foam to put over a nasty dorm bed for $12 on the retail level. Yeah. Acrete foam is used in a lot of the national brands, and I believe it's like over 98% of the mattresses in the U.S., you can't flip them. You know, they're telling people, oh, yeah, they're new and approved. You don't have to flip it. The reality is you can't. The padding's <laughs> only on one side. They made it cheaper. They, they, they give you less and charge you more, and it wears out twice as fast, So, um, which is not terribly good for our environment. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just really – traditional mattress craftsmen we we build them by hand um and just it it is important to listen to your clients it's important you know in your situation you went from a queen to a king and it's i think 25 percent of couples in the united states sleep in opposite bedrooms Uh, yeah yeah heat movement snoring uh so if we fit a client and listen to those things it, you know for me it's i do everything in my power to avoid a client to go to that situation um you know just i personally feel you lose moments you lose connection you you know and so i i uh you know if we listen to a client properly uh we can fit them we could address snoring we have options where we have a, sn- a snore button uh we could address the heat by the natural materials and going to the proper size mattress um you know, because people think a queen is a big bed. Well, half of a queen is 30 inches. A mm-hmm. standard twin, or my daughter's in, in college, the twins are 38 inches. So half of a queen is eight inches smaller than your old dorm bed. Mm-hmm. A standard crib mattress is 27 inches. So a queen, <laughs> a, half of a queen is only three inches larger than a crib. So, um, you know, what happens in a queen, there tends to be a bed hog and somebody kind of confined to the edge. So um, if your room will accommodate and you could take a king size, it does world, a world of difference 
and reducing movement, reducing heat. Um, you know, it, it just just does wonders having the proper size. And certainly, we do larger sizes. We do Hollywood Kings and Bel Air Kings um, for the clients who who need the larger sizes as well. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's a. I can tell you, there is a bed hog in my in my house, and I won't <laughs> I won't mention any names. But <laughs> the uh, the uh, just the ability to lay on our backs and and have our shoulders not touching that is huge. And, yeah. and you know, look, I know not everybody listening can have the luxury of getting a, a king, but save up for it. <laughs> yeah. No. Just because if it, you're in a if you're in a relationship, it. <laughs> It definitely helps. It really does. It, it it does wonders. I mean, the the proper size just, you know, like you said, you can spend a third of your life if you're lucky enough to live to your seventy five. You're you're spending twenty five years in bed, and uh, it's crazy. You know, if, yeah, and especially I, I, unfortunately, what's going on in the world now? More and more people are at home. More and more people are, mm -hmm. you know, master bedrooms are kind of becoming sanctuaries and offices and. People are working in bed and writing in bed and on their computer and, and conference calling and Zooming. And, you know, so it is important. Well, that's what we did. I mean, the, the, the quarantine really put us in a, a different mindset because, uh, you know, it, it, middle of the year last year, originally we were supposed to go to Paris and like do a vacation. We had saved up money for a vacation and we just sort of hit a point where it's like, let's just go on vacation with our bed. And so we ended up <laughs> spoiling ourselves with you guys and we got the adjustable base, which uh, has been great. And you mentioned the snore button. It's perfect. Cause like, uh, you know, my, I, of course I'm saying it's Gina. <laughs> she'll, every <laughs> once in a while, she'll every once in a while get into snore mode and I just reach over and I hit that button and it just shuts it right off. Which is really yeah. nice. Well, it, it's that you could put, you know, it's, it's kind of simple. You get your head about an 8% incline. It helps reduce snoring. And certainly there, there are other things. Somebody may have acid reflux. Somebody yeah. may have a bad back. The ability to raise the feet. Um, you know, it's like we hired the world's best trainer and they put us on the ground and tell us, get, you know, give me 20 sit-ups. The first thing they do is have you bend your knees. Well, on your back, the ability to raise your feet, it takes all the pressure off your lower back. Um, it, it's, you know, you get your feet elevated by above the, the hips, it slows down the heart rate, you raise your head. So there's a zero gravity, a snore button, massage. Um, you know, my wife and I literally just went to one about five weeks ago. So uh, we've truly enjoyed it and, and mm. done, did kind of what you and Gina did is a his and her side. But then we put one pillow top over the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's no crease or, you know, if you're going to cuddle or use the middle of the mattress, there's no seam or gap. Uh, in between, so you you still get the luxury of a a, a king size bed. Uh, it's just you have the individual flexibility. Um, you know, if my wife is reading in bed or on her computer or on social media or whatever, she could have her head up and feet up further than I. But uh, when you do bring up your head and foot for a lot of people who do have bad backs and sleeping issues, and their doctor mm -hmm. wants them to be on their back, if you bring up your head and feet you're far more likely to stay on your back. You're not going to move to your belly or to your side as much. Yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. And and the, the thing that, because we did a lot of looking, you know, we, we, we went around and looked at all these different versions of mattresses that were out there and looked at like uh, foam mattresses and this is other mattress that was going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars and it was just a glorified air mattress. You just, 
I think that one of the hardest parts about mattress shopping is that you have to sort of work your way through the advertising. You have to work your way through like the kind of the false advertising that's out there with a lot of this stuff. And um, really it was when I, because mattresses just seem like something you're not supposed to think a lot about. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm going to get a mattress. And when we, when you were a kid, it's like, let's just go to Sears and get a fucking mattress and we'll, we'll put yeah. it in. And um, the more research that we did on it, because like I said, we were going to spend a little bit of extra money. And so we're like, okay, let's go look at all these different spots. And I just get in there and it was this, these sales pitches. And I'm looking at these guys going, you're selling me a lemon. Like this is, yeah. this is, this is a lemon that you're selling me. Um, it, and with you guys, what I found fascinating, A, was that no one was taking uh, commission, which was like right off the bat, then you know they're not going to be pushing you. And you're like, okay, that's great. But then just the idea that you guys were completely dedicated to, to the comfortability of it. So we had trouble with our first round because our bodies were just trying to figure it out. And you guys literally took the mattresses out, restuffed the mattresses for us. Like the fact that it is handcrafted and when you hear handcrafted these days it's almost like hearing organic and you're like i don't really know what that means it physically means that you guys open and close the mattresses there isn't some giant machine shop that's stamping these things out and and knowing that 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 just gives you this sense of relief as far as anxiety is concerned because it's like oh this thing can be adjusted okay that's better that's that yeah. so then i can actually really focus on this and not be afraid of of acknowledging whether or not it works or not. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, our industry, I, I'm with you. Our, I mean, our industry does a tremendous job on, on some of the marketing, but it, exactly what you said, unfortunately, so much of it is false or misleading. Uh, I don't even know how they get away with it. I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, you mentioned some of the air beds. I mean, a human body has more weight in the center third. Air is very much like water, and waterbeds don't exist anymore because you 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 have more weight in that center third, and you you take an airbed that's air, foam, and plastic. Well, then it sleeps extraordinarily hot. Um, mm. You know, you could you know I always tell people it's like a you, you have a raft on side of the pool and you want to get the air out of it and you lie on it. You pull the plug to speed up the process. You lie on it to knock the air out quicker. Well, the sensation, it's getting softer until your butt hits that concrete. And yeah. it, it's not getting softer. It's just you're losing support where you have more weight. So your head and feet are taller. Air is very much that. So, um, you know, you take Sears 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. You used to be able to buy a good product. I mean, back in the day, mm. a lot of these national companies built beds exactly what, like we do. Unfortunately, foam dominates. Foam is the number one cushion element because it's the most profitable. It's a liquid. They had oxygen. It balkanizes and pops up like a loaf of bread. But you put a 100-pound, 150-pound, 200-pound person on it for a year, two years, three years, they compress and mat down. You actually got quite lucky of keep, even though you probably should have replaced your bed two years, three years before you did. Mm -hmm. The average life of a mass-produced bed today is less than four and a half years, and and people are spending four, five thousand dollars on these mattresses, and they're replacing them after four and a half years because they 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 dip out because of the foam and foam. 
you know, there, there's a company that's been in business since 1846. Um, and there's another national company that were bought out uh, not hmm. that long ago by a foam company, uh, a company that's basically been an all foam mattress company that's been building mattresses, you know, for basically 12 years or so now. They bought out the two largest other mattress manufacturers because they've developed so much profit in their marketing. They spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on marketing and they make it sound great, space age and whatever. But it's, all, it's all foam. It's, it's all foam. And, uh, you know, so you have actually, you know, three companies in one. And unfortunately, um, you know, when I was a kid, there was a lot of different mattress manufacturers. So there were a lot of different independent uh, companies where they, there was more competition of building quality. Now, basically, they've all merged. It's kind of like our grocery stores and our banks. They, yeah. they all kind of merge, and there's less competition, but there's less quality and less service as well, and they're just driving the, the cost up. Yeah, and I've always been, you know, I've come from sort of a blue-collar territory of working with my hands and, and doing stuff, and I, I've always respected um, the craft behind these behind this material behind these objects and it's one of the reasons why one of our bigger sponsors on the show is a computer building company and these guys do all that as well and um whenever i do like mini documentaries i'm always 100 percent focused on the craft and the obsession with the craft and how uh, people use their hands to make really great materials and that's what i felt when i talked to you and that's what i felt when i was in your space is it was like if i brought a camera into your warehouse it'd probably be a fascinating thing to look at because you guys are using a lot of these older techniques and and, and using the knowledge that has been built for you know how how long has it been for your family how long have you guys been in the mattress business my, my family's owned this for over 35 years but yeah. you know some of the techniques go back hundreds of years mm. um but yeah i mean we would love to you know give you a tour and you know let you kind of see them you know with the labor of putting layering the layers of cotton because you have some of the beds with two four six eight layers of cotton but then you have to tuft it you know I, i'm gonna you know my grandparents and great-grandparents had those old button tufted beds the blue and white striped mm -hmm. beds that lasted 20 plus years what that button represents, it's driven through the top and the bottom of the mattress. It compresses the coil. It compresses the cotton. So it makes the coil support you. It makes the coil do the work. Um, you know, and it is a reason why those beds were more supportive and more durable. It's, I, I tell people it's almost like a, a toothpick in a club sandwich. It kind of holds it all together because if you take a, you know, you take a calcane that's six feet by seven feet, if you only pin the padding around the perimeter and sew it shut, you know, adult weight will crush that and settle it. So some of our mattresses, before we tuft it, hmm. you know, they're six, seven, eight, ten inches thicker. So then we hand tuft it, compress it, we make the coil push the natural materials up, and then we'll put the comfort layer on top. It's, you know, you take your car or one of my delivery trucks or, you know, a UPS truck, you know, they have very strong springs in those vehicles. But if you take the tension away, all of those vehicles will sit on the tires. It, it could be a Mercedes. Yeah. And a, mat a mattress coil is the same way. When you take all those natural materials and you compress it and it's driven through the top and the bottom, uniform 
equally on both top and bottom, it puts all the compression on the coil, which makes the coil support you. And that's how you get the support. And that's how you get the durability. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff because you don't think about any of this stuff. And I challenge a lot of you guys that are listening when you go and pick up a mattress. First off, find out if you can flip it because I don't know when that happened, but it just seemed to like <laughs> sneak under the radar where I had a mattress, like my last mattress that I had. I'm like, I'll just flip this thing. And I go, oh, wait, there's nothing on the backside of it. So at some point that uh, sort of disappeared without us knowing about it. Um, but look, I, I think that what you guys do is fantastic. It's why I have you on the show. And I think that I, I will say this getting a, a better mattress and being more aware of what it is that I'm laying on has drastically helped me sleep. And so with the doctor that we've had on the show and the combination of that mattress, this was something that I set out to do, I'd say like two, three months ago. Um, and I have been sleeping like I like actual sleep through the week, which, you know, I don't know if you guys listening to the show can hear me be a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more aware of what I'm saying. <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's because of uh, the sleep. And, you know, I just want to say, Gary, thank you for your help. And you've you've been fantastic and your company has been fantastic. Um, and the people that you have working for you have been really helpful. Um, and it made buying a mattress because this is in theory something that you do once every eight to ten years. And it made doing this such a great experience. Um, and just so that the people at home know, because I know a lot of people are like, Hey, I want to get a, I want to get a good mattress right now. You guys are basically only supplying uh, California, right? You guys don't do anything cross country. It's just here. In, in yeah. Well, we, we have eight locations in the greater LA area. Our factory is here in Southern California. Uh, the vast majority of our business is locally. We do ship all over the country and especially right now. You know, unfortunately, a lot of our clients are now moving out of states to different states. Uh, we do ship all over the country, but, you know, in a perfect world when we're able to fit a client in person is always best, um, you know, just because it is, you know, it, it is a personal thing and comfort is a personal opinion. And so, you know, but whether, you know, your listeners are here or anywhere else, you know, the three key things I always tell people, more natural materials, mm. hand tufted and double-sided, whether we make it or somebody else. Uh, those are three really, really, really critical things. To have the natural materials, it's healthier, it sleeps cooler, it lasts longer. Tuft it to compress the materials so the materials don't shift or move or mat down as much. And then double-sided. You know, and My weight habits are different than my wife's. The ability to spin, flip, because the bottom is always worn evenly. The top is only worn where you're using it. It's like the ability to rotate our tires most people don't rotate the tires as much as they should but if you could if you do they last longer mattress same way yeah and you guys do all sorts of different types of mattresses we finally settled on latex which i had never uh even considered before and uh it's been incredibly comfortable and you guys do a natural base like how does the latex stuff work for you yeah, so latex is actually pure sap from a rubber tree. My wife and I actually are on the latex beds uh, as well. So late, latex is pure sap from a rubber tree. It's hydrogenic, <laughs> it's dust mite resistant, mold mildew don't grow in it. But we use it because it's very, very resilient. It's the only natural foam available. Um, it's far more expensive because it's true sap from a rubber tree. So the process 
uh, in the timeline is a lot, lot longer than foam. And that's kind of why foam became super popular is it's just basically a cheaper version. Um, but yeah, it, anytime we have pressure point people, uh, shoulder issues, hip issues, back issues, uh, it is a more contouring material. So, you know, a lot of our traditional mattresses use a, a, a firm spring with a lot of cotton and mm-hmm. then we'll put a latex pillow top. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the vast majority of the, the public that works exceptionally well because it gives you a contrast of a, uh, orthopedic support, but with the plush contouring top. Um, but my wife and I are both predominantly side sleepers. You know, I don't have the muscle mass I had years ago. I've got aches <laughs> and pains in places that I, I didn't know I had three years ago. We like the more contouring uh, latex. It, it, it works really, really well for us. It does for me too. Because I'm at that same point, man, where like <laughs> whether or not I wanted to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it does, it totally works well. And look, I know you guys are listening at home and going, these mattresses must cost a fortune. It must be incredibly expensive to get this. But you guys have a bunch of really great options yeah, on your but, website. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, obviously we do everything here and we build and sell on a direct basis. So we're cutting the middle person out. Uh, we'll definitely give you a you know, build you a far better quality bed. I always tell people you, you spend $500 on a mattress, $1,000 on a mattress, $3,000, $5,000 on a mattress. Get the best mattress your money will buy you. And that that's really where we separate from the competition. So um, we do hit all price points, but it is always going to fall back to making sure we fit somebody because, you know, sometimes people, oh, I, I got a mattress on sale. It was half price. But it's miserably uncomfortable, and it, it only lasts in two years. It's like an expensive pair of shoes, a half size too small. Uh, you know, it's not going to work. And so um, we will always fall back to making sure we get your comfort and support. But we, we, we hit all price points being a mattress manufacturer. Yeah, and you guys do a good job with it. it it's surprising at how much it would have cost me to get what I thought was a deal on a mattress. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then when I went into your shop, I'm like, this isn't that much more, more than that was. And then this guy's in the last, what am I doing? Oh, I'm just, I've been programmed to think differently with this. And, you know, we have the whole like, you know, Costco, BJ's retail, you know, mindset when it comes to mattresses where it's like, get it as cheap as possible, get a great deal on your mattress. And you're like, yeah, yeah. but if you're not sleeping and your body is like really beating you up, like it's, it's just not worth it. So if you're listening to the show, I know... You know, it sounds like I'm pitching getting a great mattress. It's because I am. And I, at, the, at the end of the day, we talk about inspiration on the show. We talk about how to, you know, formulate uh, ideas from our brain to other folks, how to direct people. Sleeping is it. And from, you know, it, as much as I've heard about Ridley Scott, who is an amazing director, and he's, what, I think he's in his 80s now. And I've heard that the only way he works as a machine is that he has a, like a regimented sleeping schedule. He goes to bed at a specific time. He doesn't go out and party anymore. And then he wakes up at a specific time and he gets solid sleep. And you look at the movies that he can direct and the, and the crews that he can command under the, the stress that we have when we're on film sets and being half his age, I could be on the same film set, just be exhausted because I wasn't getting the sleep that I needed. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and uh, it remind me of something about 10 years ago. I had somebody in your industry, um, and he was the same way. He was a sleep person and scheduling everything, and he, he told me, he goes, what, what 
what people do in the dark puts them in the light. And once they understand mm. that, they'll perform better. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it is, it is true, you know, so, uh, for your own well being, you know, pay attention to your sleep, get, get, you know, if you at all possible, get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Gary, I just wanted to thank you again, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for just sort of talking me through this and talking us through uh, mattresses. And um, if you guys are curious at all, uh, definitely go check them out. I will have all the links below, but it's customcomfortmattress.com. Look at all their different stuff. If you guys have any questions about whatever bedding that we got, you you guys can write to me specifically. Um, and if you are in California, and I know a lot of most of the listeners are out here in California, you should probably stop by the showroom and just lay on a mattress and just walk into a space, <laughs> walk into what I would call a clean kitchen. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> no. uh, Ab- yeah, absolutely, Mike. Thank you, and I, I truly appreciate it. And uh, you know, certainly uh, give Gina my best. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I, like I said, I was just sort of compelled to share this stuff with you guys. Um, a lot of our shows are entertainment. A lot of our shows are teaching you tricks and techniques on how to make things happen. But I feel, I feel like it'd be doing you an injustice to not talk about these important things that have been catching up with me. I've been doing this stuff for 20 years now and sleep has finally caught up with me. And so I wanted not to not only address it, but I wanted to sort of give you guys some options on how to fix it, give you guys some tools on how to deal with your insomnia. Um, so I hope you guys liked it. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, I'm not a doctor, so take all my stuff with a grain of salt. Uh, I am always fascinated with how I can put sentences together on the fly in front of a microphone anyway. So uh, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening. Bunch of great episodes on the way. Uh, We got our traditional episodes coming later this week. So stick around for Tuesday releases. And let me know if you dig this episode. Let me know if you like this sort of uh, divergent from what we normally do. Send me a message at Mike Petchy on Instagram or at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. Let me know what you think. You can always rate the show and review the show by uh, doing so, scrolling down to the bottom of our page on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review. Those reviews help people see the show. It's very helpful. Um, so that's it, man. I feel, like I said, I feel light years better than I did months ago. Uh, it's helped my relationship. Uh, it's helped my creativity. And so... Next thing I really got to tackle is, you know, losing some weight. I got to shed some of these pounds. Got to deal with the weight stuff. Being the guy that likes barbecues and fucking beers and shit catches up to you. Um, and by no means is any of this meant to be depressing. It's not. It's it, it For me, it's inspiring because I know that we still have a lot of control over this stuff. We still have a lot of control over our bodies and we still have a lot of control over uh, how we live our lives. And uh, that's that's a really nice thing to hear, especially after a year of like having no control. 